Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi. So last week about that, she built this cheerleading challenge. Um, I put it out there and it went really, really well. People who participated and posted, they had some really great takeaways. And I even heard that there may have been some tears. Um, I really loved reading the comments about what people had to say about each other. It was just like so refreshing to read all the positivity. And I did it too, just like I said I was going to. I wasn't planning on letting you down and making you do it alone. Um, I was really surprised that people said I was a helper. I knew that I was a cheerleader, but one woman in the VIP group, Sylvie, she said that she notices a actual expression change on my face when I realize an idea or a connection that can help somebody else. And when she reflect, you know, I was reflecting on those words a little bit and I realized, wow, what an amazing seeing of me. She is really right. That kind of stuff gets me so excited, but I'm not sure I would have known that Um And I really enjoyed that she used the term helper because I don't think I would have said that before somebody spelled it out for me. So the helper attribute showed itself again on Friday last week when I was feeling kind of grumpy in the morning and I promise I had like no reason to actually be grumpy. I was getting together with two friends for lunch and it was Friday. So literally no reason to be grumpy. (laughs) But sometimes you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and it was kind of icky weather. Um, I knew though that I needed to flip my script and bring up the vibes. And so I did some like, you know, I'm trying to like explore why am I feeling this way in the first place? And my brain was just coming up blank. Like there was no real, I couldn't put my finger on it. So I decided to stop overthinking it. And I just decided to do things that would make me feel better. So I went for a walk. I took a hot shower. I got in my car and left early so I could just drive around for a little bit and, you know, maybe even stop at Walgreens, my favorite store ever, before meeting my friends. But the thing that really changed my attitude and made me do a total 180 was that a friend reached out and asked me for help on something. And I gave her my listening ear and, you know, maybe I kind of sneaked in a little bit of advice there at the end, but really I just gave her a permission slip to feel how she was feeling. And I tell you what, after that conversation, I felt like a million bucks that she had reached out to me to ask me for, wait for it, help. Now, people reach out and ask me for help a lot. In fact, sometimes it's too much and sometimes I think that my helping tendency can go a little bit too far or be a bad thing. So I guess when Sylvie first said that, I was like, ooh, that's not a good thing. But I started to do a little bit more thinking on why helping is actually a positive quality, not a negative one. The time when it goes sour is when helping people 
goes from helping to people pleasing. I was thinking about this while falling asleep last night. You know, when you're just about to fall asleep and there's like this threshold that you cross where you can vividly feel sleep starting to wash over you, but you can pull back into awakeness if you happen to catch yourself drifting and you start overthinking it or something. That's the nuance of a difference, I think, with helping versus people pleasing. The realization of this difference actually hit me as I was falling asleep, like in that moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is also the difference with helping and people pleasing. Very subtle, but you can feel like a shift. So when I had this revelation, of course, I woke up and murmured some nonsensical words to my husband and then wrote it down in my journal. And then I carried on with my sleep, sleeping. Well, Okay, so helping versus people-pleasing to me. Helping gives you energy. And I think that the person that you're helping, it gives them energy too. People-pleasing drains you of energy. And probably the person you're people-pleasing isn't really gaining energy because most of the time I'd say they're too obtuse. And, you know, that's a generalization. But I do think it's hard to be a conscious person and let other people in your life be people pleasers and make you happy when you can see that it's at their own expense. So that's really it. I think going from helper to overhelper, helper to people pleaser, it's all like this subtle little moment when suddenly one person's needs become more important than the other person. And usually that other person, if you're a people pleaser, is you. So caveat here, very, very strong caveat. I'm not talking about caring for children. I'm not talking about caring for loved ones. And I know that in certain instances in our relationships that we have to make compromises. I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, instances where we have to help other people even when we're hurting. I think of families going through grief together. And so I'm going to stop talking about all of that right there because I'm not experienced nor an expert, but that's not what I'm talking about today. And I'm going to focus on people pleasing as a business owner, my own journey with it, and five things that you can start becoming aware of and working on it right now. So these are my confessions of being an in recovery people pleaser and how we can hold each other accountable together to quit people pleasing. I found this really great description by Susan Newman. She's a PhD. Um, And she said, people pleasers want everyone around them to be happy and they'll do whatever is asked of them to keep it that way. And I think she's right. You know, for some of us saying yes is just like a bad habit. And some of us, it makes us feel like we're more important if we say yes and that we're contributing to someone else's life. So there's all kinds of reasons we got here. This podcast is not going to be long enough to get into them all, but I do think that a lot of it came from our childhood. We, many of us learned to make sure to manage our surroundings, you know, make sure mom didn't fly off the handle or your sensitive brother didn't take something too personally. If you think back to your childhood, you'll probably find some reasons that people pleasing helped to keep you feel safe and secure. So validation and security, even today, needing to be liked or to be confident, you know, it gives you confidence knowing that you're liked. That is another that is another source of people pleasing. And sometimes I think it's not wanting to be seen as lazy or unproductive or unliked, opinionated, egocentric, selfish. You know, 
a lot of times we feel like we should always be nice. As children, we were taught to be good girls and good boys, to share, to be considerate of other people and be nice. But when we grow up, we realize that, you know, being a good person isn't always about just being nice. It's not always about putting other people's needs first and morphing ourselves to to match what they want. And I think also when we're kids, we sometimes pick up the belief that our feelings don't matter. If maybe that's because nobody validated your feelings or people tell you to stuff them down, but somewhere, sometimes that little belief sprouted up that says everyone else's feelings matter more than mine. And for some people, I think that conflict is just really something that they try to avoid. Sometimes it's it feels dangerous. Sometimes it feels scary. And so that can be some of the sources of why we might be prone to people-pleasing activities. But realistically, it's not doing us any favors. You know, it actually causes a lot of problems like stress, anxiety, low energy, overwhelm, feeling completely depleted and burnt out. I know people even who have physical reactions like tummy aches, headaches. I know somebody that gets um, an acid reflux and a burning feeling in her throat when she starts to people please. And it really over time makes your confidence actually lower because when you are relying on other people's words to keep that confidence high, to keep that flow going, it's like a blood sugar crash after slamming down a bottle of maple syrup when the when the words aren't there, you know? Been there, done that. Anyone else? No? Just me. Okay. Just me then. No, I've never drank a bottle of maple syrup. That was a total joke. So I think back to my um, retail shop when my husband and I owned a mattress store and I was really bad with my people-pleasing tendencies then. I would give people deals and discounts before they even asked just because I wanted to make them happy. I wanted them to like me. I wanted them to think highly of the experience they had in our store versus somebody else's. It's funny because my grandfather is a butcher in um, Harpswell, Maine, and I often think to how he loves to give things away. Like he loves to give things in his store away. You know, he'll add an extra bag of chips to somebody that orders a sandwich or an extra tomato to someone's grocery cart. But when you work with mattresses, you can't just give things away and you can't give, it's not like giving a free tomato away. You know, it's a way bigger deal. Um, I've also been on, and I'm sure you have too, boards, committees, things that just weren't your thing or you didn't really want to be doing just to make somebody else happy. I don't know about you, but I have packed my days so full of like quote unquote networking calls because so-and-so wanted to pick my brain. And meanwhile, I'm like drowning trying to get all my work done and have some sort of semblance of normal in my life. All right. So I have a really good example and forgive me if you've already heard this story before, but a really great example was when we were transitioning from our mattress store and I was starting this business. One of my first clients ever, he was like this really intense and demanding man. And he had me helping him write Facebook posts and newsletters. And I would work on those while also running my retail store at the same time. He called no less than four or five times a day, emailed probably that same number. And he wanted like two in-person meetings a week at my shop while customers sometimes could come through the door, mind you. So 
One Saturday night, it was like six o'clock. I'm leaving work late because we closed at five, but Lord knows after a super slow Saturday where nobody came in all day long, somebody would mosey in at 4.45 and make me move a million mattress layers around the store while my belly grumbled and wanted them just to leave and go home. But I also wanted them to buy. So it was a sticky situation. Well, anyway, prior to those folks coming in, I'd been helping this guy with his um, Facebook post over the phone. And it was like a two sentence post, but we'd been on the phone for God, an hour maybe. Finally, the customers leave and head out and I turned off my computer, lock up the store, set the alarm and go get ready to head home for date night with my husband. Well, on my way home, just as I was about to take a left, the left that connects my house to the main road, my phone rang and it was this client. And of course, because like I would feel like a physical twinge when I wasn't making somebody happy that I was, that was paying me, I answered my phone. I passed that left-hand turn and I kept on driving down the highway so that I could have more time because I knew my phone would lose its signal if I didn't keep driving straight. And in my ear, he's going on about the changes he wants to make on the post and his vision and marketing plan and blah, blah, blah. Well, I realized in reflecting on that moment that I brought that boundary trampling, people pleasing experience on myself. And I didn't at that time know how to scrape my way out of it. And because of it, because of letting somebody trample my boundaries and doing whatever I needed to to make them happy, I actually started really despising him. And um, I eventually ended up ignoring his phone calls when he would call because I just didn't want to do another thing. Well, he would call two or three times in a row and then I would finally give in an answer because I didn't want to make him mad. Well, as I saw this pattern progressing and getting worse, I finally client divorced him because I had laid down my boundaries and he did not appreciate them. But this was all only because I had finally reached my wits end and snapped. And this is an example of how people pleasing, though not my first time, showed up for me. I was actually thinking about it the other day, and I'm not entirely sure if this relates, but I can think of times in my life that I couldn't even have told you what my favorite food or ice cream or color was because I just morphed my preferences into whatever the person next to me, whoever my friend was at that time, was having so that they would like me more or think that we would have more in common. Like I bought the exact same color as my backpack as my friend Beth because she had it and I wanted her to think I was cool. So maybe that doesn't entirely relate, but I do think it goes, it is a piece of people pleasing. So the point being, when we bottle up our own needs and our own desires for long enough, you find yourself snapping. You find yourself like completely awash and disconnected with who you actually are. And sometimes it's really hard to figure out who you are and what you like. It ends up just being really ugly. In business, I think especially when you're a sensitive uh, woman entrepreneur, you can find yourself here. You generally care about everyone. You care about your clients and you want them to be happy and you want them to think highly of you. I don't know about you, but it is the best feeling when I can wow someone with, wow, that was such a fast response or you're always on, you work so hard, you're so productive. But like how much is too much? How much is me starting to people please? And when do I stop that? I think the answer is really that it's something you need to feel for yourself. 
Some signals for me, and these are probably going to be unique for you, is when I start to feel a lack of motivation or inspiration when I'm working with the person or for their stuff. When I start to feel resentment build up. When my life just feels full of overwhelm and stress at all the things that I have committed to and all the things that I'm part of and all of the things that I'm doing, it can cause me to feel physically ill. And it also is that feeling of like, if somebody asks one more thing of me, I will literally explode. So pay attention to what those signs are for you. Like I said, it might be as nuanced as when you're falling asleep and you're crossing over into the land of the sandman versus being awake. It might be as little of a shift as that. So how do we stop? First of all, I think it's important for us to recognize that we can stop. It's our choice. It's our choice to people please or not to people please. And it's up to us. I personally have come leaps and bounds with this and I know that you can too. So I'm going to give you like my top five, put it into action today, or at least start thinking about it today tips. Number one, know your limits. Get to know yourself a little bit more. Only you know how far is that too far, what is too much, and what those boundaries need to be for you. You know, I really encourage you to take some time, I'm talking like 15, 20 minutes here, and really think these things through for various aspects of your life where you're prone to people pleasing, but specifically in your business, like what drains you and what fills you up? Where are the places that you need to have boundaries? It all starts with this awareness and honesty about what you need to change and where you need to build the boundaries into your life. What do you want your ideal day to look like? What routines leave you feeling energized at the end of the day and really passionate about what you do? And what happens when you walk out of a day feeling completely depleted and lacking energy? What boundaries do you need to create around your mornings, your weekends, your evenings, and just your day in general that allow you to stay focused and not just flitting about from the in the moment, seemingly urgent pings of the day to day? And then I really think that getting clear on your priorities and values is the key to helping you to put brakes on people pleasing. You know when you feel comfortable saying yes or no to something. So ask yourself, what is important to me? Is this important to me? Yes or no? Okay, tip number two. Yes, that was all one tip, but they're not all going to be that long, I promise. Tip number two, it's okay to delay. Repeat it after me. It's okay to delay. If someone asks you to do an event or collaborate with them, they need a favor, it's totally acceptable and okay for you to pause before making a commitment. When you take time to weigh that decision out, you know, try to think about future you. How is future me going to feel when the time comes for me to fulfill this obligation? We can't do it all. You don't have to do it all. And I don't know about you, but I've had some instances where I'm like hemming and hawing, not wanting to turn down this invitation that I didn't really want to go to, but I don't want to offend the host. And then I get there and the party is like way bigger than I thought it was going to be. The host didn't say hi to me all night long or something like that. You know, it's like I spend more time thinking about how I don't want to do this thing and it really is non-consequential to the person that asked you. My third tip is to give yourself time limits on things that you do want to do and the ways that you do want to help. So like, for example, if you commit to being on a board, you know, I have 10 hours a week to be able to commit to this. 
I have two hours for this phone call right now. I can, sure, I can chat with you. You can pick my brain for 10 minutes. (laughs) I mean, maybe you don't spell out the 10 minutes, but a couple of minutes. I personally have set the boundary recently in some instances where I'll say, let's do phone instead of Zoom. And I, I do find that when I do this, some people do not like it. Some people... Um, buck a little bit against that, but I say, you know what? It's okay. Like I'm not being rigid. I'm just trying to protect my time to work on clients that are paying me my money to work on their stuff or my personal time. And my day isn't set up for six back-to-back Zoom calls, you know? Say no and set those boundaries with conviction. You don't need to explain yourself. You can just say, hey, let's do the phone instead of Zoom or, hey, I have 10 minutes what you got? You want to pick my brain? Go for it. (laughs) So most of the time, tip number four, uh, they're not being malicious. Most of the time, people are not doing this intentionally, but sometimes you might want to take a look at whether or not someone is intentionally manipulating you, especially when it comes to your business. You know, some, some people are taking advantage. So I would say, put up your radar for manipulators and flatterers. These are the people that say like, oh, you're so good at this thing. Can you help me with mine? Or nobody does this better than you. We really need you. It's your job to weigh that out and not be just like mindlessly convinced to doing something. Remember, we love the confidence that people pleasing gives us. And this is a way for us to get some of that fake confidence. But that's exactly what it is. It's not going to feel good to you after the fact. So say no if you want to say no and don't let their flattery be a confidence drug. Um, Tip number five, and I am going to just hold your hand right here with you because I am working on this each and every day. We don't need to apologize if it's not our fault. My fellow people pleasers, we are so often serial apologists, but we can pay attention to when we're apologizing and consider you know, is it really my fault? Ask yourself if you're responsible for the situation. Many times the answer is going to be no. There's a lot of instances in life where a apology is required. But when you are not just people pleasing or you've decided to set boundaries, that is not one of the times that you need to apologize. All right, last thing, and this isn't really a tip, but something that I noticed I do. When I'm on Zoom as the meeting host or hosting any meeting or gathering, I typically try to make sure that everyone is having a really good time. And I think part of me thinks like, oh, this is me being empathetic and caring, but it's kind of a control freak thing. And it's a people pleasing thing. Like I want to make sure everyone's having a good time so that they will like me and think positively of me and think I'm a hard worker and think I'm productive and all these things that we've gotten into into this episode. Here's the thing when it comes to people pleasing. We can let people have their own experiences of us, of what we're doing. We really, truly cannot make every single person happy. Some people, in fact, are never going to be happy, but we can't make everyone happy and especially not for very long. So I think the best possible road to happiness and your sanity is making you happy. You know, like I know you, you're not going to be a jerk about it. You wouldn't be listening to my show if you were a jerk, but you can confidently make that your number one priority. 
So that's all I got for you today. I am about to hit episode 100 soon, and I have such an action-packed docket of guests coming on the podcast. I am also trying to convince my husband, Jason, to join me as a guest and share what we've learned since being in business together and then also having separate businesses for the past seven years. But we shall see. I don't I don't want to manipulate him <laughs> to people please us because we all want to hear from him. But yeah, maybe you should share your thoughts on whether or not you would enjoy an episode with the husband and the wife. Then maybe I can convince him. Okay, on that note, I will see you next week. And here is to being your awesome, beautiful, bright self. And I hope that this inspired you and empowered you to find your voice and communicate a little more openly as to what your boundaries are. I want you to seek out situations where you're helping, but you don't need to do it at your own expense or zap yourself of energy because you know what? You need that energy because you are busy building this. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.